You're listening to the Fantasy Football Astronauts. <laughs> Welcome back to another episode of the Fantasy Football Astronauts. I'm your host today, Guy Fieri. You can catch me on Twitter at FF underscore Flavortown. With me, as always, is Jetpack Galileo. Jetpack, how are you doing today? I'm good, man. I'm excited about uh, where we're at in the season. Uh, hopefully, COVID's not going to ruin everything. Uh, you know, getting this Wednesday night game that we just had, uh, or Wednesday afternoon. Day game, <laughs> Wednesday afternoon, such an awkward time. Um, but uh, yeah, some exciting highlights with Trace McSorley hitting uh, Hollywood Brown. Who would have thought? Uh, oh my that gosh! All Hollywood needed was a guy to throw him the ball. Um, Trace McSorley is is highly underrated. Um, and he might be the best quarterback on the team. Yeah, maybe. Yeah, maybe. Who knows? I think we last time we talked about Trace McSorley, we we trashed him pretty good. Uh, Probably on the pod. Yeah, we're, that, we're that sounds Trace about McSorley right. Fans. But uh, yeah, so right. yeah, not really a Trace McSorley fan, but I am a fan of our guest we have today, uh, Christian, who's one of our aces, uh, Christian Psycho Bo. What's going on, man? Oh, nothing, man. Excited to be on. First or long time listener, first time caller. I think that's how it goes. <laughs> we are pumped to have you on. Catch uh, Christian on Twitter at psychobo15. Um, he has the freshest and sauciest memes in the fantasy football land. Would you say that's that's correct? I'd say I'm up there. I would think. Um, if not, I like to make fun of myself. So you can just go in for that and join me and. Making fun of myself. That's always fun. I love uh, anyone that can take a joke about themselves, you know, has a good sense of humor. So uh, check them out on Twitter. Before we get into the show today, really want to thank Fade the Noise. Um, They have been super helpful to us. FadeTheNoise.com is your new one-stop shop for all things fantasy sports. They provide in-depth entertainment and analysis from industry-leading experts such as Brad Evans and Jeff Ratcliffe while developing unique user-friendly tools to help optimize your success on all fantasy platforms. They give you articles, podcasts, videos, live streams, and you know what, Jetpack, who helps provide those videos for them? Oh, we do. That's something that we do. Yeah, that's why their content is so good. It's the best content because it's out of this world as well. So uh, catch out, catch our videos on there. Um, check out their tools. It's well worth the investment if you go, um, if you go sign up and buy uh, access to their tools. Um, if you go over to ftndaily.com and use the promo code ASTRO10, that's ASTRO10, you can get 10% off and you know what? Who doesn't like paying 90% instead of 100%? You know? It's kind of like Black Friday deal, but always. Yeah. That's... You always have Black Friday with Astro 10. That's true. That's very special. It is. And Cyber Monday. It's always Cyber Monday with Astro 10. So head on over to uh, ftndaily.com. Check them out. Um, thanks for sponsor- sponsoring the show. And now back to our show. Let's uh let's talk real quick about the uh, jetpack, Arian Foster, Christian McCaffrey, pumped up, um, slot and and running back combination. Antonio Gibson, what a day he had this week! And uh, I know jetpack, 
you were talking to to Jay Moyer about uh, about who he is and and if he's fully ascended yet or, or what's kind of going on there. I'd love to hear both of your opinions on Antonio Gibson. He finally had a, a, a huge game, three touchdowns. Not finally, he's had he's had one or two before, but he had three touchdowns this past game. This past game, it was a, a DFS week winner. Um, if you had him in your fantasy lineup, you were almost locked and loaded with a victory. Um, Jetpack, where? I mean, we, we've t- kind of talked about the rookie rookie running back rankings, but I think we should start talking about just in general where are we starting to rank Antonio Gibson and and does he have more to give? Yeah, I think uh, probably last time I was on the show, we talked about rook- ranking the rookie running backs. We had James Robinson one. We had Antonio Gibson two around there with Clyde and around there with JK. Um, and he's really ascended. And I think... You know, there are all those questions about what his college stats are going to be and all that stuff. Um, but he's put that aside with his athleticism. Um, and even though he's still learning the game of running back, he's still learning the craft. He's been pretty impressive just to see his explosiveness and the way that the Redskins or the Washington football team is using him. So, you know, to me, the question was always, I think, looking at this offensive line and the way it's been built the last few years, you'll see like a guy like Adrian Peterson who performed really well when Trent Williams is in the lineup and when Brandon Scherf is in the lineup and when those guys get injured, AP's stats would plummet. Uh, And now that Trent Williams uh, is gone and he's with the Niners, I was expecting there to be more of there that it would take more time for Gibson to really settle in, but uh, he's really shown through. And I think that, um, in as much as he's learning the position and a lot of times that requires you to have a really great offensive line, uh, there are times where th- they're performing good enough for him to be able to, to navigate and, and do well. So th- that's been pretty impressive for him to um, perform and produce so much, even though the offensive line is not statistically as dominant as maybe it has been in the past without Trent Williams. Um, yeah, no, that's spot on. It's also good that they get to play the Cowboys' anemic run defense twice a year. So <laughs> that's fun. No, uh, oh, I super like, fun. I like uh, Antonio Gibson. Um, it's just for, what's worrying me is his big games were against, were twice against Dallas and uh, once against Cincinnati, and those are two like bottom thirty in rush defense. Uh, all three of his touchdowns were kind of wide open. Uh, I watch the I watch every Dallas game. Unfortunately, I love pain. So, um, but that thirty-seven yard touchdown, there was no linebacker in sight. I don't know where uh, uh, Jalen Smith or Leighton Vanderesh were. It was it was just awful, and that team looks defeated. But no, uh, I I really do like him. I think he's going to be the more reps he gets and the more he learns the position. I think he's going to be a little uh, more dangerous. So. Now, I want you guys to um, break down for me the, the running back uh, committee there or, or what people kind of perceive to be a committee because um, everyone was almost pivoting off of Antonio Gibson in favor of J.D. McKissick. And to me, that always felt kind of foolish, but but everyone gets so caught up in the hype of, oh, um, J.D. McKissick, JD McKissick's getting all these targets for two games and then he's probably going to be the guy um and and what happened to Antonio Gibson it it was it never felt like that was actually going to be the long-term case um but but JD McKissick kind of got like a a little bit of a hype boost there obviously Antonio Gibson's the the feature running back for them do you think JD McKissick still has a a role in that offense or do you think it was kind of like a a two-week stint where he had um, 14 and 15 targets, and then he, he's kind of faded out. The, the two-week stint where 
um, Riverboat Ron said that he was basically Christian McCaffrey. Like, was is that is he actually? I mean, he's obviously not Christian McCaffrey, but like, do you do you foresee him having a, a bigger role, or is it still just going to be Antonio Gibson from here on out? I don't know. I think um, with most people, like their perception is their reality. So them seeing all those PPR points, those uh, little checkdowns and everything, boosted his. Boosted his stock for sure. I don't think he's going to be the long-term answer over Antonio Gibson, but um, I do think he's still going to be kind of annoying, you know, especially when they're playing someone better than Dallas. Yeah, I'd agree there. I think that their their snap counts have been telling. Uh, Gibson has outsnapped McKissick over the last two weeks, um, but really, I mean, just four weeks ago, uh, McKissick had eighty-three percent of the snaps and seventy percent of the snaps. I mean. You know, he, he's definitely relevant. And I think just like we were talking about how Gibson shined against bad teams, we're heading into the next couple games of now we're playing the Steelers and we're playing the Niners. We're playing really good defenses in terms of stopping the run or in terms of uh, linebacking play. And so we'll get to see really what how much they trust Gibson. And hopefully, I, you know, I think the other thing, too, is McKissick stands out because of who he is as a as a pass catcher. And so we haven't seen Washington implement Gibson at all in the passing game in in the sense of this is a former receiver we're talking about. He's got so much upside and so much potential. And they're not really exploring that because they're they're comfortable with playing McKissick uh, in that satellite role. And so that'll be something that I think that that'll be the tell right when they're behind against the Steelers. Who are they going to be playing? Um, was this Cowboys game enough? That, that'll tell you right away what's going to happen the rest of the season. Right, because Antonio Gibson did get, uh, I believe, seven targets and had five receptions for um, like 20-something yards there. And uh, so they, they did utilize him in the passing game, but he wasn't being utilized downfield. You know, if he's only getting um, four or five yards a reception. He's being used on these these short check down passes, and I think he has a lot more upside Um similar to that that Christian McCaffrey you can line him up in the slot and and utilize him so I, I'd love to see them kind of uh, put him in that role a little bit more but I think I think you're you're both just spot on in that um, as long as they have JD McKissick he's going to be a problem in the, the slot game also a former receiver um, so they feel like they have a, a guy that they can put there that might be a little bit more um, nuanced a little more developed and give Antonio Gibson time to um, really adapt to that running back position. Um, no, I'm, I'm, I'm digging that. I, I still think Antonio Gibson's in my top three for the rookie running backs. And I mean, he's just, he just keeps going up and up my running back rankings. I haven't done them, uh, recently. Do you have an idea of where you guys would put him overall, like, uh, in your dynasty running backs? Does he, does he crack the top 20 for you jetpack? Yeah. Oh, absolutely. He's in the top 20. I, the debate for me is where is he among the top 10? And I think you're going to, I have a hard time kind of filtering all the recency bias and all that without looking at the data. And so, I, I, yeah, I wouldn't say I'm at the place where I can say, oh yeah, you know, I can objectively take a look, but I, I'm, I would feel very comfortable with anybody who said they have him at like nine or 10. I don't think there's anything wrong with that. Um, naming eight backs that are, I would rather have than Antonio Gibson. A lot of times that's going to be like a guy like you get into the James Robinson territory or, you know, things like that. So if it's another rookie that's also performing well, you know, there's not a huge amount of separation there for me. And so I'm in that category. This is a, you know, top 10 guy in the like 9, 10, 11 range. 
Are you are you in that same spot, Christian? Do you have him in that that same kind of tier, top fifteen, top twelve range? Yeah, I would definitely put him top twelve range. Uh, maybe a little outside of it. Um, I'm super biased. Uh, I don't want Washington to have a good future, being that they're in the Dallas <laughs> uh, division. So yeah, it it kind of hurts saying that, but uh, I've definitely been trying to trade for him in uh, any leagues I have. My home league, uh, you know, it's this kind of a disadvantage because they know how, who my guys are and who that who. Who I like, so they're definitely going to listen to this and be like, "Oh yeah, I thought you didn't like him. I thought you were downplaying." It's like, well, you know, got to do what you got to do. But yeah, he's definitely up there with with the top running backs. Yeah, Rich, you got to talk to guys guy. that you're trying to trade for. <laughs> I try, man. I try, and then I go on Twitter and make a meme, and they're like, "Oh, so you do like him?" I'm like, oh, well. ah, yeah, I you me. need a burner account. <laughs> yeah, you need a burner, man. <laughs> yeah, guy. Uh, so run through us the 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 dynasty rankings here for running backs who would be in the top 10 um, and how are, how are we going to sneak Gibson in if, if we were going to place him there? Yeah. So um, just running through, uh, give me one sec here to pull this up uh, running through these. And these are um, who would I have? Uh, this is, this is the uh, Mike Clay's dynasty just to kind of give us a, a frame of reference. And so obviously you have uh, Christian McCaffrey, Ezekiel Elliott, Alvin Kamara, Dalvin Cook, Saquon, um, right there in the, the top five. And then uh, you start to have the question of, okay, do you have Miles Sanders, Aaron Jones, Derek Henry? Um, that'll finish out the top eight. Would you would you fit him in there? Joe Mixon, Nick Chubb, that would be 9-10. Do you feel comfortable putting him above um, any of those guys. Uh, and, and that's where I think you start to get to the Clyde Edwards, Hilaire, um, James Robinson, Antonio Gibson range, um, Austin Eckler. Like there, there are a bunch of guys in there, Deandre Swift. And so you start to, you start to get into, once you hit like 10, I think that's where you start to really have an argument for these rookie running backs. Um, I think I'd probably still put Austin Eckler over uh antonio gibson which would push him out to the uh outside of the top 10 for me but i think once you get past uh cmc zeke camara dalvin saquon uh miles sanders aaron jones derrick henry joe mixon nick chubb that's that's that, like that's cemented as your top guys and then after that you start to have an argument and i would personally argue for austin eckler um in that top 10 still um but, but that's that's I think where you start to have a fair argument of these rookie running backs. Would you would you guys agree with that? Uh, so one guy that one guy that stands out to me on the list would be Miles Sanders. I would put Gibson ahead of Miles Sanders. I think Gibson's a better player. He's a better receiver for sure. Uh, and they you know they're going to play similar schedules in terms of you know how easy it is to play against the Giants and how easy it is to play uh, against the Cowboys. So Gibson for me, I would. I, yeah, he's up there. I, I keep him behind Chubb, but I think the most interesting debate or the most interesting question would be Joe Mixon. So Joe Mixon's a guy that I really yeah. love, but that team is total trash and will be continue to be a dumpster fire forever. Um, and so, you know, as much as I'm saying, surprised to say, oh, I would rather have a, a Washington football player. Uh, I th- I'm kind of in that category where Gibson to, to me is a guy that is more promising than what Mixon is going to be just because, uh, I don't ever see the Bengals getting it together. Let me let me ask and, and Christian you real quick. Uh, oh, go ahead. If the Bengals draft uh, Sewell out of that left tackle out of Oregon, does that move mixing up any or let you worry less about it? 
Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. <laughs> I, I, yeah. So, you know, the, the way the offensive line is, is changing and shifting, I'm big on, you know, how relevant these players are to what the running back is actually going to be able to produce. Uh, and so, yeah, picking up a guy like Sewell, uh, that'd be fantastic. But, you know, I don't, I don't, need, I don't know what that's going to end up looking like. Um, yeah, we saw Jonah Williams and he hasn't been, I think it's Jonah Williams. Yeah. Um, yeah. He hasn't been that impressive for them yet either and he hasn't made you know that huge of an impact so they, they've got a ways to go and it always feels like they're behind the ball a little bit the the uh the washington football team they can go out and they can get an offensive lineman too so um just you looking at it right now i'd say yeah I'll, I'll take antonio gibson ahead of mixon oh yeah i would i would do the same thing i'm i'm gonna be the the one dissenting uh person on the on the podcast there i'd still rather have joe mixon there um I mean, I go back and every time I feel like I'm getting low on Joe Mixon because he hasn't played because he has had that that mismanaged foot injury. Um, I, I go back and watch some of his tape and, and realize just how truly good he is. And I, and I every time I watch his tape, I think his talent is is top five in the league, if not top three. Like I think he can be every bit as good as as like an Alvin Kamara. Um talent wise it's just you have Alvin Kamara on the Saints with that offensive line and Drew Brees so I think um his talent shines through and with uh the addition of Joe Burrow if they can they can add a little bit to the offensive line I think that's that's all it's going to take is is just a tiny addition to the offensive line and all of a sudden you have Joe Mixon with solid chances to finish inside the top top five and maybe top three for me um so I I'm going to dissent there just a little bit but Miles Sanders would be the one guy where um, I, I would say it's, he, he could definitely, um, slot ahead of him. It's Miles Sanders kind of lacks some nuance. And again, it's, it, they have a dumpster fire of a team and Miles Sanders always seems to be injured. And I was never sold on Miles Sanders talent, more his athleticism, um, and exercise ability than anything. So, um, yeah, I think, I think I'm, I, I think Miles Sanders would be the guy that I would slide out there and say, okay, um, for me personally, he, he might be a consensus top 10 guy. Um, but for me personally, I would I'd probably be okay putting Antonio Gibson ahead of him. Um, Christian, well, yeah. I want to I want to slide to Jonathan Taylor here. Oh man! Um, as we're continuing to talk about the rookie running backs and kind of see where he he finally had a breakout game. Um, he'd been miserable uh, up to that point, and finally had that breakout game. I take that back. He had, he had one game uh, week two against the, the terrible Minnesota rush defense, but finally had a good, uh, a good game against green Bay, then gets uh, the Rona has to miss a week. Um, where are you ranking him for your, your rookie running backs? Man, let me, let me just say this. He's a, uh, he's one of my guys. He was my guy coming into the season. And I just, I've got a soft spot for guys who are that big and can run that fast and just, you know, have, have a proven track record. So coming into the season, it was just this huge thing. Uh, I traded a lot to get them in all of my leagues and it's been disappointing, but uh, I finally benched him week 11 against green Bay. He kind of finally got more than 20 rush attempts again, more than like, I think the most he had was 15 uh, ever since that week two game. And uh, he finally, you know, looked like the guy. He had four receptions as well. And I was excited to put him back in and then got the Rona. He's still up there. Um, I don't – if I'm being biased, I still have him as my number one. I'd still take him, uh, you know, just, just for the potential. 
But if I was, if I, if someone came up to me, he's like, Hey, uh, where, where do you rank these guys? I really want to know, like, I'm taking your advice for my team. I'd probably go James Robinson, Swift, Gibson, Clyde, and then JT. So five. Wow. So he's dropped quite a bit then. He has like, if I'm, if I'm giving advice to someone else, then yeah, he's dropped. But for me, it's like mm, number one, all the way, I'm going to ride him till the wheels fall off. <laughs> and it, it's really hard that. to fight that recency bias. You know, it's really hard to fight that. Okay. He's had so many bummer weeks. He's been splitting time with Jordan Wilkins. I, I guess. Um, I, and really Christian, I think this is one for you is how do you, how do you kind of combat that mentality of, okay, I've, I, I know what, I have seen and what he's done over time. And I also have these, these weeks where he is disappointing me. How do you get over that psychologically? And how do you, um, how do you kind of rationalize like what you think versus what has been shown recently? Uh, first thing I do is I go make a meme, put it on Twitter. Uh, turns out that a lot, of people, <laughs> a lot of people feel the same way about Jonathan Taylor. And that goes back to, you know, coming from Wisconsin, he was just a prolific runner. He's one of the, you know, college greatest. And, I just you see flashes of it every now and then. Uh, I do think that uh, the shortened the shortened training caps, like not getting the full off season, kind of hurt him. And then at the beginning of the year, was uh, playing second or having second team reps, you know, behind Marlon Mack. That didn't help him get into a rhythm. Uh, so for me, it's just like trusting what I saw uh, from his college tape, and just knowing like one of these days, if it clicks he's just going to skyrocket because you know the the size is there the athleticism is there it's just going to take that little that mental that mental nudge and i do think uh green bay's soft defense kind of helped him he even said in a post-game interview that the game kind of slowed down for him uh it was it was like he was seeing everything better and so i do think that was one of the problems was he was trying to go too fast trying to do too much and as we know like you know when you start pressing and you start doing that uh you you try to do too much uh, more than you can and it just mentally it just drains you and so I think uh, having the game slow down against the Packers who are not a very good defense just gives them that little confidence so I was ready to fire him up this week and then I got the news well, I didn't really get the news report that he got the Rona uh, all my friends in my home league sent me uh, tweets of it so that was fun they were kind of just rubbing it in <laughs> I'm friends with jerks yeah, if, uh, was- if y'all haven't gotten that through <laughs> You only make friends with jerks. Your your league is full of people who just want to do things to spite you. Oh, they do for sure. My little my little brother has uh, three of the top four picks in our league this year, and he's got Saquon Barkley. So that's going to be fun. Anti rekill. Oh, oh wow! Oh it's man, a squad. it's a squad. Uh, that's what Jackback yeah. tries to do in every single league. <laughs> every every league that that's that's as good as it gets. But uh, yeah, on Taylor specifically, I think. I totally agree with you. Five feels like the right spot. That's where you put him. But that makes him one of the better buy lows. Uh, this oh, yeah. is still a guy that has led his team in snaps six uh, six games. Um, and so I think a lot of it has been game script, really. They want to get him the ball. They want to get him those touches. Um, but, you know, they'll fall behind for whatever reason. And then they have to go to Heinz or whatever. And so he's never going to be the third down guy. And we love his like involvement on first and second downs and even in the passing game on those downs. Um, but just in terms of like in a two minute drill, you're never going to see him. And th- that feels very much like a Joe Mixon type volume. That's always going to be a little bit disappointing. You're like, why is Giovanni Bernard out on the field? Uh, you know, yeah. it's the same, same kind of vibe uh, as like Nick Chubb 
Um, and it's just for him, it's going to be about like hopping into that next level of efficiency because that volume will always be um, a little bit more subdued. And so I think as he steps into the talent and becomes who he really is, um, he finds his calling or finds his identity, um, then then that that value of the buy low will quick will click. Um, but yeah, we're we're right there. I, you know, I I gotta think next year is a good year for him. It and it it's hard. Like you you go back and watch his like you know college cl- uh, tapes and you see it. Like you see everything there. It's just yeah something's not clicking at the next level and it the game gets faster. So I don't know. Maybe it's something psychologically. Hit me up. I'll help you out. <laughs> <laughs> we got to get him in contact with you. Um, and we do know, quick side note on, on Joe Mixon, we kind of do know that he'll continue to lose touches to uh, Gio Bernard because he consistently runs the wrong routes. Um, you, you just watch it on film and you know that he's he's kind of just picking holes in the zone rather than running uh, actual plays because you can tell it just it just doesn't necessarily make sense um, with the, with the play call. So, uh, that's probably why Joe Mixon will continue to lose snaps to Gio Bernard. Um, with Jonathan Taylor, it's a little bit different, um, since he, he does have Naheem Hines there. Uh, you guys ready to move on to talk about Tyreek's second half performance, um, this past week? Yeah, I think I'm done crying about Jonathan Taylor. So (laughs) I think didn't Tyreek only had like seven yards in the second half or something. What happened with that? Um, did he really? They, no, he had a couple. He had a couple great plays. Yeah. Did he? Okay. I I, I was pretty sure that he kind of just busted that entire second half of the game, and it was just yeah, a huge did. disappointment to everyone. And we were, you know. Yeah, we really just, wanted just, to, to see all 169 points that he was on pace for <laughs> after the first quarter. That's crazy. I mean, not that not that we need to spend time. Like you're never taking Tyreek Hill out of uh, your lineup, but the he just he was just he, absolutely dominant. He's elite. He's elite. Uh, is he, I think it's your number one dynasty wide receiver, Jetpack. Yeah, yeah, he's mine. Uh, if he's, I, I, yeah, if if he's, he's, he's mine. He's my number one dynasty wide receiver. He's attached to the best quarterback in the game. The quarterback's what? He's how old's Mahomes? He's twenty three, twenty four. Uh, you know, and Tyreek's twenty six. I think like that. That's as good as it gets. It's not gonna get any better than that. And you know, any game he can go for fifty. And now it's like they're they're feeding him. 10 12 targets right that was always the question with him was okay you know there are games where he's just not going to get as much volume um but he has arrived and in every every sense of the like aspect of who he is as a receiver he has developed so well like some of these plays right we're we're now we're throwing back shoulder fades to tyree kill this you know I don't know how oh, he's yeah. like 510 right um and we're throwing back shoulder fades or uh yeah the one you know, down the sideline uh, where he's just dropping it in over the shoulder to Tyreek. There's no separation there, right? Tyreek's fast and all, but he's, you know, corralling that in uh, in contested catch situations. And when you're as electric as he is, if you're able to win the contested ball, then you're unstoppable. Uh, and so, yeah, T- Tyreek is one of the best receivers in the game. And if he's not in your dynasty top three, um, you're living on the past. Isn't he's uh he has had the the past three weeks he's had 18 14 and 15 targets um Unreal. and he's broken broken 100 yards each time and he's scored a touchdown um at least one touchdown in each of the past five weeks in fact he only has two games this season where he doesn't have a touchdown which is crazy his touchdown his touchdown rate is is out of this world 
Yeah, this is something that I saw when I was projecting him out. This is something that I saw from two years ago, right? You look at 2018, I think he had he had double-digit touchdowns. And, um, you know, the, the question is just like, again, you know, this is this is a special player. We've seen him progress, right? We Like, I remember the first time I saw him win a contested catch was against the Chargers a couple years ago. And that was when I was like, oh, okay, this, this, is, this is going to click for him. He's not just a gadget player anymore. They're going to start using him and using him well and use him to maximize Mahomes. And so, you know, he had the injury or he had the suspension and he had struggled with some injuries last season. But but moving forward, it was like, I got to project this guy for like, you know, 14 touchdowns. He's got to be a double digit touchdown guy because they're going to be getting the ball in so many different ways. Um, so I'm really glad that one worked out. He was a guy that I had right next to Michael Thomas in terms of the way that I was projecting him. So I'm pretty happy there. Oof. And I mean, you know, Christian, we we just chase touchdowns here. Oh yeah, it's touchdown or bust. It's the only way to win. Chase touchdowns. Your guys can score like what? Have five catches for a hundred yards, and then you have the guy that scores two touchdowns, and they're still like yeah. chasing you. Come on. <laughs> you're not scoring touchdowns. Right. You're not winning in fantasy. No. And you know who who did not score any touchdowns was Alvin Kamara. What is, I mean, Ooh. has Taysom Hill just completely destroyed and, and killed Alvin Kamara? And I, I think we do need to talk about the resurrection of Latavius Murray because what do you have, like over 100 yards and two touchdowns this week? Has Did, did Taysom Hill just completely replace Alvin Kamara and then he needed a, a Mark Ingram to his Alvin Kamara and now Alvin Kamara is just a scat back or, or, or a change of pace back? Like what's going on there? Man, it's I did, I'll, I'll be the first one to admit I didn't think Taysom Hill was going to do anything. Uh, I picked him up in a league and jokingly said I was going to start him. Then I didn't, and that was a mistake. I just they just don't throw the ball to the running back anymore. He doesn't throw the ball to the running back. He doesn't do those little checkdowns. It's just and give Sean Payton credit. Uh, he's changed that offense to match Taysom Hill, and I mean I think they're getting the most out of Taysom Hill and just using Latavius Murray as a as a bruiser. So I, I don't know what else they can do. I mean, his uh, Alvin Kamara's snap share has dropped below 50% for the past two weeks. Uh, he's still getting over 10 carries, but I mean, you're right. He's gotten a, a total of three targets in the past uh, two weeks. And before Taysom Hill was the quarterback, he never saw less than four targets in a single game. So, I mean, Taysom Hill is just, wrecked his value is I mean you're getting Drew Brees back but he's not the Alvin Kamara isn't necessarily the league winner that you thought he was going to be and I mean if does this scare you going forward if they think Taysom Hill could be the the future of the quarterback position for them if if Drew Brees leaves oh I didn't even think of that I'm just right (laughs) I'm just so caught up on this season (laughs) and like oh let me let's just get get to when Brees is back um wow yeah, I mean, it's been so brutal to, to watch. Uh, 32 snaps uh, and 31 snaps while Tavius Murray's having 33 and 30. Like, that that's rough. I don't know. Yeah, I think Alvin Kamara, you got to bump him down a little bit, practically speaking, until Breeze comes back or until you see Taysom start to throw the ball. But, yeah, this is a, 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 a team that is strong enough to be able to play the power run game uh in terms of like oh let's control the clock and all this kind of stuff and that's what you've seen the last couple weeks they're playing crappy teams uh and have a lot of margin for uh doing whatever the heck they want in terms of controlling the ball um so falcons and broncos have to 
uh, you know, say something about like, we have no concern about, you know, needing to play from behind it all. So, I, you know, I, who, who are they playing next? Uh, Falcons. Falcons. Yeah. yeah. So yeah. Falcons might, and uh, the Eagles next. Yeah. Might, might be more of the same. Or, um, so yeah, <laughs> pretty rough for uh Kamara until Breeze gets back. And hopefully they're, they're, they're thinking Breeze is going to be back in week 15. So the one thing that I will say is, and this has gone under the radar because uh, you haven't seen um, you haven't you haven't seen him miss any time. But Alvin Kamara has been on the injury report the past couple of weeks with a foot injury, and I mean, it's hard for me to believe that just adding Taysom Hill in is going to drop Alvin Kamara's snap share by twenty percent. You know, it, it does to me. It doesn't make sense to all of a sudden. You, you have a, a quarterback that can run the ball. And so you take your, your best running back who you just paid off the field 20% of the plays. And, and so for me, there's almost like, I'm really curious what's going on with the foot. And if they're just managing his load like crazy, um, because they, they can go out and win these games. They can go win 24 to, to nine and 31 to three. So they're just kind of resting him. So that's my, my only other thought is that you start to get a blowout game. You get an Atlanta blowout game. You get a Denver blowout game. You have Alvin Kamara that isn't fully healthy, and the team knows that, but they can't they can't like share that. So they're like, you know what? We're just going to manage load. And so that's my only that's my only like one consolation thought and, and consoling thought rather uh, is that Alvin Kamara has just kind of been battling this foot injury and they're just managing his load and letting Taysom Hill do more of the the work and letting Latavius Murray do more of the work because they don't need to waste uh they don't need to waste Alvin Kamara snaps on a Denver team that's not playing a quarterback or an Atlanta Falcons team that is absolutely booty um you know what i mean that that would be yeah. the that would be the one place where i think all right they could just be holding him back on purpose yeah, I think that's the right way to look at it. This is a Super Bowl team. They got to be healthy for the playoffs. Uh, you know, and, and they got the the Chiefs. They're playing in Week 15, so that'll be Alvin Kamara's bounce back game. Uh, he'll perform well then if Breeze is back. So, uh, yeah, you know, we're not. Yeah, question wise, does this change? Yeah, Christian, what do you think about Taysom Hill in 2021? Is this is this something to be worried about? Uh, whatever Will Fuller was taking to keep his hamstrings healthy, give it to Drew Brees so he plays forever because. Um, <laughs> Hill is the quarterback for uh, the, of the Saints for the future. I would be very worried if I had Kamara. Yeah, I mean you have to be. You've only, I mean, it's small sample size, obviously, but yeah. you have to be um, worried about Alvin Kamara. And even if my injury thought happens to be correct, it still doesn't change the fact that it, that Taysom Hill is going to steal these rushes from him, and Taysom Hill, Taysom Hill is not going to be. Drew Brees and not going to have the, the same uh, respect as a passer as Drew Brees. So his, Alvin Kamara's efficiency likely goes down. Um, that was, I mean, I don't, I don't expect, I, I haven't really shifted Alvin Kamara too much and I don't um, project Taysom Hill to be the start. He's beaten uh, past these, these couple games that Brees is out. He's beaten two pretty bad teams and he's got another bat, another two bad teams back to back. So they, they kind of have the luxury of resting him until uh, resting Drew Brees until, um the kc game so um long term i don't think it changes much for me and i i said more of the the Taysom hill starting in 2021 in jest uh just because you know it's kind of a, a scary thought i don't think it'll actually happen yeah they're um, both under con- they're both under contract next year 
I mean, but yeah. you know, we're looking at a forty-two-year-old Breeze. If you sit on him, he's gonna break a lung. So, like, right. you know, this could this could happen again. It's not it's not just yeah. about Taysom actually beating him out. It's about Taysom being there and being the solution to an inevitable Drew Breeze injury. I, that's the concern. So, yeah, worrisome. No, that's definitely definitely worrisome, but not not a deal breaker for me. You know, Alvin Kamara is still an elite talent. Um, just I mean, just something to to consider and think about. Um, let's talk, Christian. I, I hate to inflict pain on you, but let's Welcome. talk about uh, a, a little. Let's talk a little bit about these Cowboys and um, and the skill position specifically. And because at the beginning of the season, we'll start with the wide receivers because that's that's an easy one. Um, at the beginning of the season, it was uh, Oh Amari's the wide receiver one, and Michael Gallup's the wide receiver one uh, B. And then CD Lamb's just going to be kind of learning the offense uh, and getting worked in. It doesn't seem that way at all. And granted, you've watched uh, significantly more. Um, you've watched significantly more Cowboys games than I have. Um, what are your thoughts on how that receiver core is working out, and and what does the future look like there for them? Obviously, it's going to revolve around CD Lamb, but but how long are Amari and, and Gallup going to be there? Uh, so for me, um, like just watching the games, you can obviously tell that CD, I, I think is just the better, more, the better talent than Gallup. So he's, uh, overtaken him for number two. Uh, I like to look at players and just say like, you know, when talking to other people is like talent usually overcomes, like no matter what like situation they're in, if they're talented, they're going to play, they're going to force their way into lineups and CD's done just that. Uh, I still think he's the wide receiver two behind Amari Cooper. Amari's just been amazing since he's gotten to Dallas. Um, there's still some concerns with Amari just because I don't want to say he's a head case, but just like in away games, he disappears or he did last year. And then just sometimes his body language doesn't look good. And I'm, this is obviously, you know, watching from the couch. I don't have any input or anything of that, but uh, I think they have an out after next year with on Amari's contract. And Gallup becomes a free agent after next year. So they're going to have to make some decisions. Uh, I wouldn't be surprised if they let Gallup go and uh, just work with Amari Cooper, CD, and then try and just go around there with Dak. Hopefully Dak comes back. I don't expect them to let go of that. But for me, it's it's Amari Cooper, CD, and Gallup. But CD is closing in on Amari. It just needs that, like, just, just to work in the offense a little more, I guess. Yeah, and they do have a potential out after 2021 with Amari, um, where they'd only have uh, six mil in dead cap. So not I mean, not terrible there, but um, they're they're paying him a lot of money to be that number one wide receiver. And I I am curious to see how it's going to shake out with Dak uh, this offseason and if Dak does wind up because you've seen, I mean this this team needs him. Like he's the he's the most important player on that team. Would you agree? Oh yeah, they were dropping forty points. Uh, he, he. Uh, I think a couple weeks ago, he still had more yards than Lamar Jackson, Drew Locke, a lot of those guys who played way more games than he did. Um, but yeah, he's when when Dax in the when Dax there, he's not afraid to throw it, and your receivers are gonna gonna get points, and he's gonna run like he has that threat to run the ball. He's not gonna do it all the time, but my I don't know that offensive line was awful I wish they would have moved the pocket a little more let him use his legs and throw on the run a little bit but I don't know I'm coaching from the from the couch I don't Mike McCarthy apparently knows what he's doing he he did all his analytics before getting hired he watched every play so (laughs) 
it's, it's all we can do is coach from the couch. Um, Jetpack, how about how about you? We I, I feel like that's probably the everything's correct there that that uh, Psycho Bo just said. Do you have anything to add to that? I mean, C.D. Lamb was my wide receiver one in this class, um, and, and I agree with that. I'm going with talent over landing spot, uh, so I still had C.D. number one. How, how how do you kind of see this wide receiver core shaking out? Oh uh, yeah, I'm not 100 agreement. Uh, yeah, totally. I, the thing is, for me, is we got to get Mike McCarthy out of there. Uh, if we take another year to do that, that's kind of a killer. Um, if you're if we're talking rookie wide receivers, would you rather have Justin Jefferson or CeeDee Lamb? I'm taking Justin Jefferson. I think that that's become clear now, um, at least in my mind. Yeah. And I mean, we all, everyone talked about Justin Jefferson being the rookie wide receiver one, like in points scored this season. Nobody, nobody thought that CD lamb on the Cowboys was going to score more points than Justin Jefferson. Everyone, everyone knew that Justin Jefferson was going to have the most wide receiver points out of rookies. Um, We just didn't know he was going to look this good. Like he looks, he looks like a a, a number one wide receiver for a team. And I I mean, CD lamb does as well. But like Justin Jefferson is just simply phenomenal. He's um, when I watched him, what my one knock is that uh, he didn't look as good against press man, and and he wasn't as as exciting as I wanted him to be in the slot. He is he is every bit of flash that I did not think he was in college. I I thought he he was a a little more lackluster in college than than uh, than he has been in the NFL. Um, not not to say I didn't like him. I still had him in my top five, but, uh, but he's showed a, a different flash and he showed a different, um, kind of like mental switch, if you will. Uh, once he's gotten to the NFL that, that I was just not ready for. I didn't, I did not think he would look this good. Um, is he, is he your wide receiver one Christian? Uh, I'm still going to put CD. I'm going to be a homer and just put CD in my wide receiver one. Uh, it, I think it's the Dalvin cook effect, you know, uh, when teams are worried, like you can't, you got to stop Dalvin Cook first. That's their, that's that's their offense. And then after that, your receivers can eat. And I just, I don't know. Like it was a good spot, great spot to replace D- uh, yeah, Stephon Diggs. And yeah, when you got Dalvin Cook up there in the middle, you you, you got to worry about him before you worry about the receivers. And Justin Justin Jefferson, not taking anything away from him because he's looked amazing. But I'm just gonna be that Dallas Homer fan and say our our players are better than everyone else's. It's just the coaching fault. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, you know, I, I, mean, I think there's there's something to be said. You know, we all know LSU is wide receiver U. So, you know, a great lineage of guys coming out of, of school there. But there's something to be said about wide receivers that are trained by Adam Thielen, right? Yeah. And these guys who are coming yeah. into the league and they're getting the opportunity to play with one of the greats. And a guy like Stefan Diggs, now he's gone on to have, you know, even better success than before where, you know, when he was playing with Thielen, he was just kind of like second fiddle, right? That's the same kind of thing we're seeing with Justin Jefferson. Uh, You know, Thielen is just giving him all of his knowledge and uh, he's going to be, you know, great moving forward. And and I'm more confident in Thielen or I'm more confident in Justin Jefferson because of Adam Thielen. I know he's been trained by one of the, one of the best receivers of all time. So. Uh, you know, there's there's some benefit there that he's getting that CeeDee Lamb is not, right? Playing with Amari Cooper, Amari's just teaching him, hey, you know, you don't need to try that hard. Just make your routes fancy and you can drop the ball every once in a while. Just make those routes crisp and you've got it, mate. You'll make millions of dollars. No, uh, (laughs) I I do agree with that. It it, When you have a good mentor in in anything in life, it makes things a lot easier. 
But I mean, the Cowboys have Michael Irvin still around, right? He still talks to them, so <laughs> get the play yeah. there. Uh, yeah. Do you think uh, that also translated over to, to Chad Beebe and why he was able to go seven for seven with 60, 63 yards and a touchdown um, and, and really shake off that dropped punt? Do you think that, oh, like, the, yeah. the Adam, are we going to be talking as much about the Andy Reid coaching tree as we will about the Adam Thielen wide receiver tree? I mean, I think you have to, right? If you, the guy is, you know, has, has trained these young guns to have such mental fortitude that not even making colossal mistakes like dropping the punt are going to are gonna shut him down. And you know what happens is that elevates the rest of the team, right? Everybody's motivated. And you might, you know, BB might have dropped a punt, but going seven for seven, are you, are you kidding me? Uh, that That is clear and distinct motivation from uh, Thielen himself. Absolutely. And they actually had two wide receivers step in for Adam Thielen. BC Johnson went seven for seven for 74 yards. Um, seven for Adam seven? Thielen's, <laughs> yeah, seven for seven. Are you kidding me? Wow. Yeah, that's amazing. Yeah, it's got to be the the Adam Thielen effect. I just, well, absolutely. I've never seen Thielen drop a pass, so clearly, yeah. clearly, it's transferred. I just see Thielen Justin Jefferson also had seven receptions. They all went seven for seven. Oh, they all had seven. No, Justin Jefferson yeah. went seven for thirteen. But <laughs> wow, it's all right. It's impressive. That's, I mean, yeah, I, I think we are talking about the Adam Thielen receiver tree. <laughs> golly justin jefferson's stats are unbelievable they're insane just looking at them again um yeah I, I, that's i mean and i think that has to be the name of the show obviously uh adam thielen is adam thielen is the second most underrated wide receiver in the nfl in my <laughs> opinion well yeah we, mostly because he's so highly rated right he is very highly rated <laughs> but people are like oh yeah adam <laughs> thielen's old you got to remember adam thielen is like only kind of old. <laughs> That's where I'm at. I'm, I'm yeah. sticking into Adam Thielen's only just like kind of a, maybe a little, but not really. Yeah. That's a good capture of where we're at in his career. But who knows? He yeah. could live forever. You know, do the very Fitzgerald. What if he's, yeah. What if he's, what if he's one of those guys where it's just like, Oh yeah, I'm going to win with nuance, but also I'm a sick athlete and you're always going to underrate me. So I'm always going to be good. And then he plays till he's 40. Right, I, yeah. Because he didn't, he doesn't have the same wear and tear um, on no, his body. Not at all. Yeah. Plus, again, we talk about that mental fortitude, right? Nobody's got mental fortitude. Yeah, his endurance of the mind. Man, if your mind, yeah. I mean, he do anything. Like, let me just. That's, yeah. <laughs> that's true. Because yeah. he didn't oh, really no. start playing. He didn't really start getting opportunities until 2016, right? So you're really only like five years into his career at this point. Right. Yeah. And you know, think of all, all he's had to overcome, all of that he's had to overcome, playing in, in his own hometown, right? Right. And, and enduring a season of, more than a season, of Stephon Diggs just whining. Like, this guy, <laughs> he, he, can, he can run a marathon. You know, his, his career will go on forever. So, yeah. yeah. So, I'm, I'm all in on Adam Thielen playing till he's 40. He's 30 right now. Ten uh, more years of elite receiver play 10 more years of wide receiver one and then whatever what wide receiver plays with him is also going to be a wide receiver one you can bet what on a it. gift what a gift if justin jefferson moves on adam thielen will create the next great wide receiver i think we found the secret i'm all in i think that's the the secret okay. I, I just wish you could elevate kirk cousins <laughs> 
you know, Kirk might be a little bit too mentally tough. And that's why he sucks. <laughs> yeah, I mean, Kirk's a little too thick. Uh, <laughs> well, um, uh, right. yeah. <laughs> let's let's uh, let's go and um, make all our listeners a million dollars. Let's build the perfect DFS lineup this week. What do I'm you guys ready, say? man. I'm ready. You get you get one perfect lineup here, right? You you only get one entry um, into into the Millie Maker or whatever, and um, and that's all you need is one entry because this is going to be the entry, the single entry that you need. Um, who are the forty point players this week, Jetpack? But I mean, just just start listing guys off and let's see if we can jam them in to a, a, a lineup. Well, okay, I'll I'll name my 40-point player this week. It's Miles Sanders playing against the Green Bay Packers. Now, we're looking at all of these running backs, and we've had these questions about guys. We're saying, you know, I, I don't know if he's that good, right? Jonathan Taylor struggled all season. Breakout game against the Green Bay Packers. Then, then following, we saw last week, David Montgomery, who has sucked, and the offensive line has sucked. And it's been a, a huge disaster of a season or a disappointment of a season in terms of you know who Monty's supposed to be uh, or who he's you know who who we thought he was going to be heading into the season. Um, and he went ahead and had his first. I, I don't know. Is it his first? I think it was his first hundred yard game. Yeah. First um, hundred yard game of the season. Yeah. So for me, Miles Sanders going into this week, he's going to be under owned, which I don't care about ownership at all. But I know some people in the DFS world do care, and that's like a cool buzzword that gets them all excited. Um, he'll be under owned because he was disappointing uh, last week, and but th- this matchup is too juicy. And Miles Sanders is still the bell cow in terms of uh, how they want to get him the ball and all that kind of stuff. So uh, Miles Sanders, big time, uh, sixty-seven hundred dollars. That's a discount. Um, he is going to be in almost yeah. every single lineup that I have. All right, let's let's. Uh, how about this one? You have same game, Aaron Jones or Miles Sanders. Which one are you starting? Um, in like real fantasy? Uh, in, in DFS, because they're Aaron Jones, 7,200. Um, same game. Are you starting Aaron Jones or Miles Sanders this week in DFS? Miles Sanders. You can only pick one. Miles Sanders, hands down. All right. Yeah, I agree, Miles Sanders. Uh, Aaron Jones has Jamal Williams breathing down his back for some reason. So Don't forget. Don't okay, guys. Don't yeah. forget this. Oh. Miles Sanders has Pro Bowl running back Jordan Howard on the roster again. Oh, wow, wow. <laughs> yeah. I, I'm, no, yeah. not concerned. Not concerned. <laughs> Miles Sanders all the way. <laughs> That's a five hundred dollar discount. I, I mean, I love Aaron Jones. I, Aaron Jones is elite. Aaron Jones is. Uh, I, I, you know, he's he's been efficient. Hasn't had the touchdowns, and so he's going to be underowned. He's still a really nice value. Uh, but Miles Sanders is the guy to have here. All right, so we go we go Miles Sanders as our running back one. Um, who else are we trying to fit in? Do you like David Montgomery this week against Detroit? He's only fifty five hundred. Mm. What about James Robinson? What's James Robinson at? James Robinson seventy three hundred against Minnesota. Ooh. I think I'm going to go so a little, little bit more David. Montgomery on that one. Yeah, you go, okay. you go Montgomery. He's got a real great value this week against a, a, a 
defense that just lost the head coach, the defensive minded head coach. And so the defense is going to be a little bit in disarray um, this week. I mean, I think, and it looks like they finally have the offensive line combination that they really needed. Um, I like David Montgomery. He had, what do you have like five or six targets this past week as well? So um, especially in PPR, it looks like he's going to, um, he's going to get a a better game script than they had. Um, And, I think you're finally going to see a David Montgomery breakout uh, week two in a row that I've, I've just been waiting for. So I really like David Montgomery this week, only 5,500. That, that feels almost like a free space, a free square running back. Like all of these guys are super expensive and, and David Montgomery is only 5,500. Do you have anyone, any other running backs that you like um, in that cheap range? I, I, you know, Jonathan Taylor stands out to me. Naheem Hines stands out to me. We're playing the Will Fullerless Houston Texans. Uh, and yeah. so, you know, that game could be a little bit more competitive. I, you know, I don't know which way to swing on that in terms of that being uh, Jonathan Taylor at 5,700 or Naheem Hines at 5,300. Um, so I'm okay with going with uh, David Montgomery for this million dollar uh, bet. But um, those those names do stand out to me as potentially uh, pretty solid. I think one of those guys can uh, can have a good game this week. Um, I'm probably picking uh, Taylor just on the sole fact that if I make a lineup with Naeem Hines and Jonathan Taylor goes off and I lose the million dollars because of that, I'll <laughs> yeah. that's good. There's um, got to be what? some sort of psychology name for that type of trap. <laughs> Man, I'll, I'll, I'll make one for for fantasy football. It's going to be my, my crown jewel in psychology is just. <laughs> yes. Yeah. Um, do you think we can get uh, DeAndre Swift in a lineup this week? I mean, because I, if the, the thing is, um, the thing is that the Bears defense, if Akeem Hicks does not play, oh. the Bears defense is porous against the run. Oh, Akeem Hicks might not play. Is that what you're saying here, guy? I'm saying I'm saying Akeem Hicks. Akeem Hicks has been struggling with a uh, with a hamstring injury for the past couple of weeks, and he's been. I mean, when he's not in, there's a significant difference in that run defense, and so I would think so. Uh, yeah, so I'm thinking if if Akeem Hicks, you kind of have to keep it keep that uh, um, keep an eye on that. But if Akeem Hicks is not playing. DeAndre Swift is someone that I want to try and get in um, every lineup. Probably won't get okay. him in this one, but but we'll, just keep keep that in mind. As we'll revisit we'll revisit him in the flex. We'll uh, we'll take a look yeah. when we get there. So we but, have Miles Sanders yep. and David Montgomery so far. I like it. Let's go to uh, quarterbacks here. Uh, just in terms of sorting out the passing game, I like to store with the quarterback. I want to make sure I'm getting that stack action going on. Uh, in terms of Vegas games, there's nothing really standing out great in terms of point totals. Uh, the highest point total is uh, 54 points, Tennessee and Cleveland, uh, which is kind of wild to me. I, I don't see that as being a shootout, um, but you know, I, you don't bet against Vegas or whatever. Um, but yeah, none of those quarterbacks, uh, Tennessee or Cleveland, I'm going to be buying um, for this lineup. Is there anything else that you see on the slate of a quarterback that's going to stand out to you? I really like the uh, the Rams Cardinals game. Uh, oh. That one sh- that one should be fairly high scoring. Um, and then 
I mean, anytime I have a, a question mark, I want to put Russell Wilson in. <laughs> and that's kind of Russell Wilson or, or, or Ryan Fitzpatrick's another good option this week. Uh, oh, they, yeah. they have, uh, they're playing against the Bengals. So I think mm-hmm. one of the two quarterbacks for uh, either Jared Goff or, um, or Kyler Murray. And then I think Kyler Murray might be under-owned this week because he's been underperforming the past couple weeks. So that might be a good one to get back on. Um, but then Russell Wilson, uh, Russell Wilson or Ryan Fitzpatrick would be, would be two good ones. And then, I mean, obviously Aaron Rodgers as well playing against Philly. Um, if we're going away from Aaron Jones, Aaron Rodgers just, just tears teams up and he's playing at an elite level right now. So one of those guys, I, I kind of want to try and get in. Do you have a, a preference for this million dollar lineup, Christian? What about Deshaun Watson? Do you think he's still going to play well against a in Indy's usually pretty tough, but I think last week they got torn apart. So, hmm. yeah, I think I mean Deshaun Watson. Anytime you can, unfortunately, he lose loses uh, Will Fuller this week. But anytime you can have uh, Deshaun Watson and, and Brandon Cooks going, that's that's another good stack that I, I usually try to get at least one um, lineup with that. Yeah, but other than that, I think Jared Goff and uh, Kyler Murray, Russell Wilson, those are great picks. Yeah, we uh, and I'm pulling up the um, what did the Colts give up? Yeah, the Colts gave up 45 points this past week. They got absolutely annihilated. Uh, uh, obviously, they had to force Buckner on uh, COVID IR, so we'll have to see if he's back. Um, but yeah, that was a, a defense that just gave up. I mean, actually, they've given up 30 points, 30 plus points back to back weeks. So we'll um that that would be an eye one to keep an eye on in Deshaun Watson Brandon Cook stack I think if I can if I can do it um I'd love to have a uh Russell Wilson DK Metcalf stack oh we're going back to DK again all right all right I mean I'm gonna, I'm gonna put this on the record um before the season I didn't think he was elite one of my buddies texted me again, asking me, trying to trap me. Uh, I didn't fall for the trap, but I will say this: I do think that DK Metcalf is elite. So, love it. Well, he'll he'll listen to it and give him all the ammo he needs. It's good. What are we What are we thinking he is, here? He is elite. What are, What are we thinking here uh, for this this quarterback? wide receiver stack. Do you want to go with the more expensive uh, Russ and DK, or do you think a Fitz and Devontae Parker, or do you want to go with the, the um, one of the other games? Well, let's look at these wide receiver matchups real quick. We'll see if anybody stands out to us. Uh, let's see who's Parker's playing the, the, the Bengals. The Bengals. I think that might yeah. be a good stack or, or we can say um, Cooper cup, Jared Goff, where are you feeling there? I, I would rather decide between Goff and Fitz and go a little bit cheaper on the quarterback. With yeah. Goff, you're gonna have to decide I, is it a is it a cup game or a woods game? Right. That's the that's the true problem. And I think because last game was a Woods game, this has to be a cup game. Yeah, has to be a cup game. Because Will Fuller is out and you can't have a fuller cup than Cooper Cup now. No. That's true. I'll let that's you know. True. I'll let you know who I start: Robert Woods or Cooper Cup, and you can pick the opposite of that because that's how it usually works. <laughs> yeah, that's why I sat AJ Brown in one league this past week. I sat him in a league and was just kind of like took one for the team, and he went off and had two touchdowns. He had a kick return touchdown. That so that John game 
in Green Bay, I sat him. First time all season I sat him on my bench. And, of course, he does that game. So I yeah. understand. I know how it feels. We're just taking sacrifices out here, uh, making sacrifices. So, um, all right, you want to go? You want to go, Jared Goff and uh, Cooper Cup combo, Jetpack? Sure, yeah, let's do it. Might as well. That's uh, they're gonna be they're gonna be throwing it. They're gonna be slinging it, and you know that Patrick Peterson hasn't stopped a guy in years. Nope. Unfortunately, um, I think we can probably still get Devontae Parker in. I like it. Oh, wow. Throw him in there. I think Devontae Parker um, can still be had. Um, what is uh, what is his price? He's only sixty four hundred. That's a easy peasy buy. Uh, yeah. I like that. Before we go to the wider, the third wide receiver, I think looking at tight end and defense is kind of my next vibe, and that gives me the flexibility yeah. I need between the the remaining two spots. That's absolutely, what uh, I do. Yeah, so uh, in terms of defense, what are we liking here on this slate? We've got uh, ooh, Raiders against the Jets. With, you know, looking at the Jets, that's always a fun matchup. What about Miami against mm-hmm. Cincy? Classic, 4,400. What else do we have? We have, uh, do you like the Chargers? Chargers defense against uh, New England? Hmm. No, only twenty six hundred. That the is other one is inexpensive. Uh, ready, the Lions' defense against the Bears. Mm, you just said they were going to be in disarray. Oh, we can't do Lions. We can't do Lions because we got, we got David Montgomery in. So. You don't like to. You don't like to do that. Um, no, no, we don't like doing that. And then the other one would be uh, Packers. Packers against Philly at thirty eight hundred. I think would be my my favorite one. Then. Oh, but Miles Sanders is scoring forty here. I'm thinking we go. Right. I'm thinking we go. Carson Wentz off three times and kind of cancel that out. <laughs> <laughs> That's true. I'm thinking we go. Uh, I like the. I like the Dolphins. That's a fierce defense now, and you know it we're playing Ryan Finley. I think that no, it's Brandon Allen. Brandon Allen. That's right. It's <laughs> not much going on there in that yeah, offense. That's, You're at least that's, ten points for for zero points against. Yeah, that, that's where I'm living is uh the dolphins there i like that 4400 that's not too bad all right let's uh let's snag the dolphins then um tight ends my tight end pick uh, this week i got one uh robert tanyan 3700 that's a steal what what do you got on the list guy um i let me pull this up real quick um i have mike gasecki 4200 yep love that too that one against uh, Cincy. Um, who else do we have? Uh, if you want a super cheap one, Harrison Bryant, twenty five hundred. Uh, Cleveland against Tennessee. The the one, and I gave this advice last week, and it went crazy. Play the tight end against the Bears every single week. Really? Play the tight end against the Bears. Yes. Do you know how many tight end touchdowns were scored last week against the Bears? Two. Two tight end touchdowns last week. That's too many. What's up with Roquan, man? It is too many. It's Danny Trevathan. Oh. It's Danny Trevathan. Danny Trevathan's lost a step, and so then you get a a safety that um, 
that that's playing off the ball. And so they have all this space to work. And so you just get the tight ends in the red zone and uh, they're bodying up these smaller, these smaller safeties and, and getting away from Danny Trevathan. So I like TJ Hawkinson. Um, okay. I also, I don't, is it's not Luke Wilson. Luke Wilson's on the uh, Ravens. Now, whoever their backup tight end is, I'm, I'm okay with starting the backup tight end. If he's cheap wow. enough. Jesse James. Like that. Jesse James. Yeah. <laughs> okay. I mean, I prefer TJ Hawkinson. <laughs> we, prefer T- we prefer TJ. Yeah. <laughs> Hawkinson. Um, how much is, Let- is Hawkinson? Hawkinson's 5k let's have Bo pick let's have Bo pick so Bo we're we're going between TJ Hawkinson at 5k Robert Tanyan 3700 and the other option was Mike Gesicki at 4200 Ooh, ooh. I, I like I like Hawkinson I mean at tight end you there's really not much might as well just pay up for the top guys I like Hawkinson uh let me throw a curveball at y'all what about Jordan Akins? Now that Fuller's out, do you think the tight ends are going to get a little more work? Oh. That's another great call. How much is uh, Jordan Akins? Only 2900 Paying all the way up or paying all the way down? Hmm. Which one do we got? Well, okay, so if we're, we plug Hawkinson in, right, then we're at an average of 5K remaining for the other two guys. If we go Akins, then we can go up to 6,100 average. I kind of I like that. Well, I, I'm going to go with Akins just, just because of the uh, my motto, no balls, no babies. So let's just go yep. with it. Good yeah, pull. Baby. Good pull. Good choice. Good choice. That's so we're great. going with Jordan Akins at 2,900. That gives us an average, again, of 6,100 for the remaining wide receiver and flex positions. That's going to be so saucy. Right, let's get Austin Eckler in. Wow, yeah. All right. Don't mind that. Let's get his it's a strong I mean, volume looking, play. If you're looking for a 40-pointer. I mean, what did he have? Like, over 20 touches, and he should have had more. Yeah, he's back. He's healthy. When you take eight weeks off or whatever it was to heal a hamstring, either the hamstring injury was really bad or your hamstring is very strong now. That's the right. uh, premium analysis there. So if Absolutely. you're getting <laughs> if you're getting 16 targets and 14 attempts, uh, rushing attempts, oh, you gosh. are ready to go. And at 7100, <laughs> at 7100, I am no longer afraid of the Patriots once formidable Patriots defense, uh, who's now 18th uh, in terms of defending the running back. I, I like. Austin Eckler here at yeah. 7,100. That's pretty good. Let's that leaves us 5,100 for a wide receiver. Oh, gosh. We have so much money left. <laughs> we have so much money. This is crazy, isn't it? It is a spectacular. It allows me to go Corey Davis, or it allows us to go Corey Davis, Jamison Crowder, Alan Lazard. How much was it again? It's 5,100. 50, oh, I got to go one more page. <laughs> oh yeah we can go tj hawkinson <laughs> that's just that's a uh the double tight end that is a good ownership win is the million maker tight end premium no it's not tight end premium unfortunately, <laughs> uh, unfortunately no. perfect oh honestly alan lazard not bad um tj hawkinson if i could guarantee tj hawkinson hawkinson scores a touchdown do you start him oh Corey davis 
Corey Davis, Jameson Crowder, TJ Hawkinson. I go. Let's go, Corey Davis. Okay. No, we're doing it. I don't know. Jameson Crowder. That's got to be yeah. the pick. It's got to be Jameson because he's so prolific. Jet-pack Jarvis Landry. <laughs> yeah, Jetpack Jarvis Landry. Because Darnold's playing, right? Yeah. Yeah. Darnold loves Just Jameson. remember that I said TJ Hawkinson. <laughs> yeah, we will. He'll go into other lineups, just not this million dollar one. I'll, I'll put this lineup uh, in against my buddies. We have this this league that we do uh, three dollar buy in. You know, winner wins like twenty seven dollars. I'll put it in there, and if we don't win, I'll make a meme about it or something. <laughs> okay, yeah, sounds good. Sounds good. All right, so get us our our full lineup here, Jetpack. Yes, yeah, so we got Jared Goff, quarterback, L.A. Rams. Miles Sanders, David Montgomery, Cooper Cup, we are stacking. Devontae Parker, Jamison Crowder, Jordan Aikens, Austin Eckler, the linchpin at Flex. Yes. And the Miami Dolphins defense, another juggernaut playing the Cincinnati Bengals. Oh. I'm feeling I'm ready to win a million dollars. Yep. Plug that in. Guaranteed. Just start booking uh, your vacations now, basically. Start start quitting your job now because you'll have a million dollars in the bank you'll have so much money that you can buy all the hotels to quarantine in that you could ever dream <laughs> <laughs> if you just enter that one lineup only one lineup throughout every single the, contest yeah this is the one i'm believing this time <laughs> all right guys had an awesome time christian Amazing having you on. Can we drop a meme about uh, about the, the show today? Can you share with, with everyone what it was like via meme yeah, um, no, to be on the show? That's that's my only way of communication. So follow me on Twitter and uh, I'll throw out a meme real quick. Amazing. <laughs> what is a meme except a Rorschach test? I don't even know if I pronounced that right, but that's definitely what they are. Exactly. You put it on Twitter and then people tell you what they think they that you're trying to say. Either they're right or they're wrong, but... <laughs> doesn't matter I just have to google oh yeah the rorschach test is that how you how you pronounce it yeah rorschach rorschach i think that's how i pronounce it <laughs> okay well that's good <laughs> all right guys well uh thanks for for hopping on today jetpack it's been a pleasure as usual we are the fantasy football astronauts and we are blasting off again <laughs>